Should we be reading the news? How much? Another way of, to say this is, is parochialism a vice or a virtue? I really like that word parochialism. It's like the sense of being, having a narrow, small outlook. Uh, I think it probably the opposite is cosmopolitanism. Cosmopolitanism, that's a tough word to say. But parochialism, is it a vice or a virtue? I've just been thinking a lot about that lately and how much energy and attention I should give to the troubles of the world, the tragedies of the world, and, you know, everything else that goes on in that big wide world. And I think for a lot of people, um, this all came from just becoming more and more aware of what my body was, how my body was interacting with the news when I consume it. And, um, I remember this during 2020 a lot, and I'm sure not the only one by any means to experience this, to feel real bodily anxiety, bodily stress coming about from, from reading headlines. Um, and of course, at least then there was some good reason. There was some, some action I could take in response to the, the, the headlines that I was reading. It's like, oh, don't go outside or don't, or get a vaccine or <laughs> wear a mask. But most of the time when I consume the news, it's just, um, there's no action to me, for me to be taken. It's just a tragedy or um, a fearful possibility being outlined. And there's nothing necessarily for me to do. And more and more, I've been just become aware of what that does to my body. And I've been retreating from the news. I've been taking a big step back from consuming the news. And yeah, I'm just just kind of wrestling with it. So in this musing, I'm just going to kind of, yeah, try to wrestle with different aspects that have been coming to mind for me around news. One of the first things that, one of the things I've been thinking for a long time is maybe my attention should be focused where my agency is, which is a simple enough concept, right? It's, I have agency in this world in a pretty very narrow slice of it. We're talking about my family, my home, my workplace, um, my, you know, closest friends, an agency being an ability to make it better or worse with my actions. Um, and so maybe 99% of my attention should be on the 1% of the world. You know, and those are not accurate numbers, obviously, but you know, that gives you the sense of it. 99% of my attention should be on the 1% of the world that I have any impact over. And so, you know, under that logic, yeah, why would I ever read the news? <laughs> I don't have any, I don't have any say over it. And, you know, also another way to look at it is what, ha what things have influence over me. So it's not just where is my agency lie, but also what things are influencing me directly. And of course, everything's influencing everything indirectly, but you know, if we take the Ukraine war, for instance, R Russia's invasion of Ukraine, you can definitely argue, um, that there are some secondary impacts that I am, I am feeling from that, uh, what's happening there. Uh, you know, at prices at the pump and supply chain issues and else in other things and other people in the world in Europe, or if you're reliant on grain from Ukraine, uh, you know, they're, they're much more direct impacts. But for me personally, with that fight, there's basically nothing I can do to make it better or worse. And it has almost no impact on me. So by that logic, I should just not be paying attention to it. You know, this is just a theory. I'm not saying it's right. It's just a theory. And 
And what, what I'm what I'm starting to come around to is maybe that's the right way for most people to be thinking. Maybe most of the time we want most people to have that really good proportion, which is 99% of my attention is on the 1% of the world that we have agency in and, uh, and has agency over us too. But we need some small cohort of people who are much more broadly minded than that, who are non-parochial. Um, because without them, a lot more bad shit would continue to happen. <laughs> Maybe I'm just trying to think it through. What you know, if none of us watch the news about Ukraine, then in theory there would be no political pressure on in in this case the Biden administration to be of service to the Ukrainians. I'm just trying to think it out. If none of us watched the news about that situation and and expressed outrage um, in whatever ways we express outrage, and then our political leaders pick up on that, yeah. So anyway, I think it's it's a it's a useful heuristic, um, just that sense of where does our agency lie and where does our attention focused? Um, because really, if we want to make the world better, if we want the world to become a better place, we need a lot of people, a lot of the time, just focusing on cleaning up their own messes and being better humans to the humans they interact with the most. And that doesn't make that big a difference in the context of the world, but that is where our agency is. You know, it's like if we could just smile a little more in our daily life, that might be have a better impact on improving the world than us reading the news every single day. <sighs> anyway, okay, moving on. Um, we talked about how my, how the news makes my body feel, but but so that news is like a drug, uh, you know, and I use and not in a pejorative sense, but a drug more in like a um, a chemical that interacts with our body, right? And one of the things I've been thinking about is how does the format um, and speed of the delivery change the drugs interaction with my body? Because one thing I've noticed is that the different mediums, you might go to Twitter to, to find news. You might go to, you might be watching it on uh, your cable news, your Fox news or your ABC news, NBC news. You might just pop over to New York times, or you might have New York times pinging your phone with notifications. Um, and for me, I've kind of retreated from almost all those sources except for podcasts because I've noticed that the spoken word, especially long form, relatively long form spoken word, just interacts with my body in a lot less anxiety producing manner, um, which is interesting. And so it's not just the content that matters. It's, it's the context and it's the, it's the, the means by which it's being delivered. And I keep coming back to that bodily feeling because when I get into that stressed out sense, you know, too much time thinking about looking at the world, the tragedies of the world, the stresses of the world, the possible apocalyptic scenarios uh, that smart people spend time ruminating about in, in public papers, it will make me a, a worse business owner, a worse father, worse husband, etc. And that's where the, the rubber really meets the road is stressed out people do not make good people in their daily lives. And, you know, I think it's obviously a real point of privilege to say that if, if news is the main reason I'm stressed out, then that's obviously a point of privilege. And then speaking of privilege, is it, some people would say that it's a privilege to be able to, sh to shut out the news and to retreat from the news. Like uh, 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 this whole thing is me toying with, is it the right move to just completely retreat from the news? Um, 
And I think people could totally have a valid argument to say that that's just, a, that's a point of privilege that you get, you live in a place that's peaceful enough. That's, you know, some is less impacted by climate change, um, relatively, you know, low poverty, this, that, and other thing. And, and so the news doesn't matter to you as much and you can, you can retreat from it. And I think that's a totally fair critique. Um, but then I would also wonder, are people who are worse off than me, are they reading more news? And no, I don't think so. I think it's, it's I would guess, this is a guess, that news consumption increases with affluence. Um, yeah. Yeah, the parochialism. There's enforced parochialism. Poverty causes a forced parochialism. Because, you know, you just are got a lot on your mind. You're stressed out. You have very limited bandwidth. You're not interested in thinking about, <laughs> you don't have the energy to think about things beyond your narrow, narrow realm. Um, okay. Anyway, that was just a side tangent. Um, we're, we're, one of the things I think so many of us have really struggled with is it feels like, the news is just constantly negative. <laughs> and then you see these, that's why you see these, these, I think really popular sites pop up like good news network and stuff like this, this that's trying to share just positive news stories because it's almost become by default that news is, um, tantamount to bad news. News is tantamount to tragedy or fear, things that just scare the living shit out of you. Cause I mean, the reality is bad shit happens all the time on our planet and has always been that way. Tragedies and uh, travesties and, um, you know, oppression and murder and everything else has always happened, will always happen ongoing constantly. Um, and of course it feels like news, many news outlets, uh, not all to the same degree, focus primarily on that. And I think so many of us have become cynical about the news just because of that fact. And for so long I was like really struggling with that because I was like, okay, if you think about a birth and a death, you know, deaths are reported on, especially violent deaths. Um, but births, is there any logical reason that a birth is less newsworthy than a death? Like, is it, it seems to me they're, I don't know, in some simple sense, they're just, they're equal. They're equally newsworthy. A life has entered the world, a life has left the world. Um, but of course, that's not the way we play it in our news and, and nor in our daily life, you know, in, in our personal lives. Um, a death is a really big deal. An untimely death is a really big deal. And then I was thinking back to, okay, well, this kind of makes sense, right? Because if you think back to 50,000 years ago, 100,000 years ago, and if you heard your neighbor in your in your tribe died versus your neighbor in your tribe had a baby, well, that's that first one. You'd want to know a lot more about that because there's information there for you about what to avoid. Maybe you got eaten by a lion. Maybe you got... Uh, you know, a disease that you want to stay away from him. Maybe he fell over a cliff that you want to avoid. Um, and so it seems that their bad news is just more packed with possible valuable information for us. Um, and this is not a novel insight to me by any means, but it's it allowed me to move beyond my cynicism about the news to say, oh, they're just, this whole business model is built around fear and it's built around um, constantly pressing the amygdala in our brains to say, oh, look at this horrifying thing. And this could be you. Um, and I think it is r roughly built around that concept. But 
it, it again, it makes so much sense in terms of what those good news versus bad news offers to us on an informational level. So then the question is, do we, can we transcend that? Do we have to be limited to that, you know, this setup that has evolutionary reasoning behind it? And could we get to the point where we could see good news as just as important as bad news? Just as newsworthy. I mean, in one sense, you, you can grant that it's an evolutionarily useful thing to pay more attention to negative news than positive news. But that doesn't mean that <laughs> the bad news uh, is an accurate representation of the world, right? Because most of the time, either nothing happens or good things happen. Bad things happening is actually relatively unusual. Um, even in bad places, even in places that are more, much more unstable than, than where I live, the bad things happening are unusual. Um, and so the problem is not that, yes, yeah, bad news does contain more information for us, perhaps. I don't know. Maybe that's that was true 50,000 years ago. I don't know if that's true when I go and read, read the New York Times because what information am I getting from that useful to my own survival? Um, but again, we have to become, keep coming back to that is not an accurate representation of reality. And so if we want to have a desire to try to see reality in its wholeness, in the good and the bad, in the fearful, hopeful and the fearful and everything else, then we have to keep reminding ourselves that what we see when we open up the New York Times or Fox News or Twitter is is usually the shitty side of the spectrum and there's you know 90 percent of the other things that aren't being brought to light are things that are too boring too status quo-y too too just humdrum good um to be worthy of our attention and so as long as we can keep remembering that this is not an accurate representation of reality this is not an accurate representation of reality i think we can um We can get to the point where uh, we have to remind ourselves. I mean, the thing we have to remind ourselves that that the news is not the world. They are real events. They are not 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 to say that they're false. They are all the events portrayed are real. Um, but there's so much more to the world, and and we have to watch out for that that feeling that the world is just so full of doom and fear and and bad things that are ready to happen. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I keep wrestling with, like, should we even be looking at any of it? Because it's so far beyond our sphere of influence and it's influence over us. And so, okay, maybe maybe we should, what we should do is we should let the amount of tragedy, there's a lot of tragedy in the world, and we should only let that amount of tragedy into our minds as the amount that we have the ability to digest and turn into something useful. Consuming tragic information in and of itself is no of no value. If we can use that to soften our hearts, to become better people to our people, or to donate to a cause, or you know, do some agitate in some way that helps the larger situation, then yes. But if we're consuming tragic information that overwhelms us, that is beyond our ability to digest it, then maybe that's when it that's where it tips over. Then we have to ask ourselves, why are we reading the news at all? Because, you know, the most high-minded explanation would be you want to be informed about the world. To be informed about the world. But, of course, as we talked about, that's, not, that's a non-trivial thing because 
in any given day, there's 1 billion things that happen, you know, many, many more, right? 1 billion things that happen, maybe 1,000 of which are, are a tragedy and, you know, 500 of which are an awful, horrific act. Um, and so to be informed about the world does not necessarily mean we get to just read the news because that's not an accurate representation of the world. But I think, what else are we looking for when we go to the news? I, I'm speaking for myself now. I'm sometimes when I'm, when I'm in a bad way, I'm looking for a justification for my fear. I'm looking for confirmation of the, my sense that the world is not safe. It's not going in a good direction. But, but even more so, I think, because I have a natural predilection towards, what would it say? You know, just natural predilection towards everything's okay. That's my natural sense. And again, likely because of the privilege of my life. But anyway, that more often I'm looking for the justification for my comfort. So I'm looking for those good stories like, oh, tension in the Middle East is decreasing. Like, okay, yes, justification for my comfort. Or COVID seems to be on the wane. Okay, justification for my comfort. Um, I think a, lo a lot of people, myself included, are looking for justification for our righteous outrage. Like, look at what those people did to me. Did not to me, to us, to our country. Look what they're doing to our country or to our world. Um, and those are all, I think, as you describe them, I think they're all accurate reasons that I and other people reach for the news, but they're not, they're not as good as we can do. So if I was thinking of that most valuable thing pushing me towards the news, it would be curiosity and love because it's a beautiful but broken world. And so the, the, you need the curiosity, the curiosity is there to explore the beauty and the love is there because there's just a lot of brokenness. And yeah, so just curiosity and love, curiosity and love. It's, it's, I, I think it's so interesting. I always, my, my news consumption always gets so interesting around an election because I'm all my con confirmation my, my desires for self-confirmation go into overdrive. So I'll be hunting through tweets or hunting through news articles to find something that says, oh, look, my, my team's about to win a little bit more or, or my guy's about to win or look like this, look, look, this election's like, look like this because, you know, in the days, you know, hours and days after an election, it's almost like a horse race and you get to watch your team go up and down. And um, it's very interesting to see which articles I click on in that case and which tweets I click on. Um, yeah, and again, this is not to say that these are, I'm not, I'm not judging myself for any of this stuff because it, the desire for comfort, desire for self-confirmation, the, um, all of it, the, the natural predilection towards negativity as opposed to positivity. These are all completely understandable things and probably really useful evolutionarily. It's again, just the question of what do we do now that we ha maybe have the chance to move beyond that. So a couple, couple more uh, just miniature thoughts on this is on the news is, is what is the appropriate level of resolution for the news? Um, and so first we speak temporally, like should we be, should news articles be written about happenings every 10 minutes, every hour, every day, every month, every year? We take it for granted that, you know, news should kind of exist on a daily cycle that's the way it's always been done. Newspapers get written on a daily cycle or, you know, maybe back in the day where they were semi-daily, but 
that's just an, uh, that's just a pretext. You know, it's just, a, that's just one way of looking at it. Because maybe the most useful way of looking at news stories would be, what if there's a, you know, and this is not my idea. This is a, I think this is just a good thought experiment. What if a news, a newspaper only wrote one article a year? Then what would rise to the occasion of being written about in that paper, in that one year per, you know, one paper per year um, news outlet? And then maybe not, maybe not one year. What about every five years? You get to where I have one paper every five years, every ten years, every hundred, every thousand, every million, and. Again, we can say that there's probably some evolutionary reason why that relatively short-term information is more useful to us, but we're, we're not in the same environment that we evolved in. And so now the question is, maybe it's better for us to consume the news once a year. Yeah, I think it's worth considering. Just not taking it for granted that we should, we either don't do news or we do it every day or what the right cycle is. Because, I mean, one of the absurd ways this plays out for me is, is you look, you check the stock market. So you go say, what's the stock market doing today? And then it says, whatever, it's up, up 1%, down 3%, whatever. And then right below it on Google, there'll be articles and it'll be like, it will be like stock market dips 1% on on news that the Fed is tightening monetary policy. And then you look at the number above that article, like where it shows actually what the stock market is doing, and it's up 2%. And you're like, oh, wow, <laughs> that article was written. And what it said was true at the moment, but then half an hour passed and what it said was no longer true. And it's just this very absurd mismatch between, like, why would you ever write a st- uh, an article about the stock <laughs> about the stock market that was less than a day long? It makes no sense. And so maybe we're similarly out of step with everything else in, in our news. Um, and they're also good. It's also a very good example. It's just such a blatant, a blatant way to see see news because they're they're they have to make the story legible. The stock market went down one percent for this reason, but then you have to ask, well, wait, how do you know it's for that reason? Because it's not at all clear. It's an incredibly complex system. The stock market is, and. Is there a universal agreement among the experts as that that's why the stock market dipped 1% in the first hour of that trading day? But they lay it out so clearly. Okay, here's here's the why for this event. And then you ask yourself, oh, wow, when I read other news articles, are they similarly making leaps of imagination that in terms of causality that, that they can't justify, that they can't back up? And I think it's something worth considering when stories sound simple, we're missing something. Anyway, I something I continue to wrestle with, and I'm sure I'm not the only one. How much news is the right amount of news to consume? And because I have been in retreat from it overall, I've been consuming less. And I have to say, the less I consume, the more stable my mind is. And not you know, news is not the only determiner of my mood by any means, but but it can mess with my mood from time to time, especially when I'm you know in a more tired state. It can definitely mess with my mood, and so I notice that I have a more relatively on the margin a more stable mood the less news I consume, 
And so I have to ask myself, am I retreating from the news out of fear about the world? Or am I retreating for a completely rational reason that I'm trying to be a better human and I'm focusing on improving my health, improving my children's health, improving you know, my, my business so my employees can continue working there and flourishing and, and so on and forth, so forth. And it's a complicated question. I mean, I had, I guess one thing I should ask myself is what am I replacing the time that I was looking at the news? What am I replacing that with? And if I'm just mindlessly scrolling social media, then I would say the reason I'm not looking at the news is because it scares me. Because there is a lot of suffering in the world and it's scary to think about and it's scary to look at. And all my high-minded talk about I need to focus on what I have agency over is just a is just a nice cozy blankie on top of the actual truth, which is I just scares me. And that could very well be the case. Anyway, I I think there's a lot to lot more to think about here. And um, I appreciate you listening along. And as always, if you have any thoughts, you know, how much are you reading the news? Are you reading it less or more? And do you think it's just un- in, uncompassionate to to say that the, tra- you know, things like the war in Ukraine or any number of the other um, tragedies in the world don't concern me when I say that? You, you think of being uncompassionate? Let me know. I really would love to have some help thinking this through. Um, you can always email me at happywhencurious at gmail.com. And I appreciate you listening. And I hope you have a, a wonderful holiday with your family. And um, yeah, we'll be back with more interviews, more musings. Um, yeah, after the holiday and continuing on. Thank you so much for giving me your time. And good night. Mm-hmm.